I'm Ian. And this is Sam. And you're listening to Do I Like This, the podcast. Yay! We're finally recording from this place where we're looking at each other. <laughs> yes. It's the little things. <laughs> so this week is a Sam's pick that's fitting into our June 2021 Wildlife Awareness Month theme. Yeah, Ian decided uh, all the movies that he wanted to watch this month were uh, monstery animal movies. So Yeah, I want some big creatures. So he came up with a theme. So if you listen to our podcast, you know that I have a list of movies that Ian has not seen that I don't understand how he hasn't seen. So this movie's off the list, but it's different from pretty much all the other movies because all the other movies for the most part are good, like either really good or pretty good or some sort of cult classic. Um, This movie is a cult classic, but the reason it's on the list, aside from the fact that everyone just should see it. um, So Ian is a huge fan of sharks. Yes. Ian loves Jaws. Very much so. Favorite movie? No, but it's definitely probably my top 10. Yeah. Really like obsessed with sharks, like watches everything with sharks, whatever. Uh, I found out just a couple months ago that Ian's never seen Jaws the Revenge. Also known as Jaws 4, for those of us out there who (laughs) need a little hint as to where in the sequence this fell. Yeah, so we've been sort of joking about, you know... It's going to be one that we have to do at some point because it's a classic and because it's in you the keep, Jaws universe. You keep throwing this word classic around. Well, it's old and most people have seen it. It fits into a uh, an iconic franchise. All right. I'll give you I'll give it more along the lines of it is part of the franchise of a classic. Yeah. All, all the franchises have like a one or two outliers that are just real bad. This you know? is definitely something. Oh, my God. So we just finished watching it five, five minutes, minutes ago. Five minutes ago, yeah. yeah. So we're, this is. I'm processing as we do this. <laughs> yeah, his so. face is shell shock. So this is going to be a little bit of a different format. We're kind of kind of do this as we do the monthly ones, mm-hmm. the mainstream monthly ones. I'm going to read the Wikipedia because mm-hmm. we know that's always super accurate. Uh, and then we're just going to have a little chat and I'll, oh I'll give Ian some trivia. So before we get started, the, the fun thing about this movie is that I've seen this movie so many times. I haven't seen it in about 15-ish years. I don't understand. I think they used to just play it all the time on USA or something. Remember yes. back in the day they played like old, like, well, it wasn't that old at that point, but like shitty movies. Yeah, I guess. Often. And I think it just used to. the only way it would make sense to me that you've seen this many times. Well, we didn't have, um, we, we didn't have like fancy cable or anything. So it had to be like late night mm-hmm. cable TV of some kind. And I know I've seen it many times on TV specifically this is an absolutely like a made for tv style Uh movie it definitely is like an syfy type situation i think you're right with like usa network like you would see this on like tbs on a saturday Mm -hmm. afternoon yeah so i have seen this movie so i'm a huge fan of jaws and jaws 2 jaws 3d is doesn't exist aquarium as far as i'm concerned you mean the glory that is jaws 3d horrific it's delightful okay and that's why and that's the difference between yeah. us. So for some reason, I've seen this movie 
way more times than any of the other ones put together. And I haven't seen it in a very long time. So I was actually kind of excited to watch it. And it like all came, it all came flooding back and it is more ridiculous than I remember it. When we get to it, you had one moment where it happened (laughs) and you got so excited because you had forgotten about it. And you're like, Oh, I forgot about this. And I was like, how did you ever forget about this? It was iconic in that way in this movie. In the bad kind of iconic. Mm. Yeah. So let's get into the, um, the Wikipedia. Because I need to talk about some things. So we're just going to go on the assumption that everybody knows the characters of the franchise. This movie pretends that part three didn't happen, um, like most of us. So it's going off of the original characters from the first two movies. If you don't know, go Google real quick. No, no, no. If you don't know, go watch Jaws 1 and 2. Well, yeah, that too. At least one. (laughs) Right, right. Because they're all in it. And it's the right time of year to watch a Jaws movie because we're coming into beach season. And people are going back out. Although this is a Christmas movie. Dude, don't even. Yeah, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Another Christmas movie. Um, all right. Here's the Wikipedia plot synopsis. It's a little long. So uh, bear with us. On Amity Island, Martin Brody, famous for his role as the police chief and his heroism, has died from a heart attack. That's not in the movie at all. It's a throwaway line, but whatever. Martin's widow, Ellen, still lives in Amity close to her youngest son, Sean, and his fiancée, Tiffany. Sean works as a police deputy when he's dispatched to clear a log from a buoy a few days before Christmas. A great white shark appears and tears his arm off. He screams for help. But the singing on land drowns out his cries. They're singing because it's Christmas. They're singing Christmas carols, just so They're that no one the first Noel. Just so that no one is confused yeah. and think that um, on Amity Island in the New England area, people just sing loudly at night for no reason. The shark sinks his boat and drags him under the water. Martin's older son Michael, his wife Carla. Hold on, why are they, why are they referring to Martin's son instead of Ellen's son? Martin's not even in the movie. Fucking man. toxic masculinity martin's older son michael his wife carla and their five-year-old daughter thea come to amity for the funeral michael is working in the bahamas as a marine biologist and on his arrival ellen demands that he stop his work having just received his first grant michael is reluctant thea convinces ellen to return to the bahamas with them the pilot on their small plane hoagie not a sandwich actually Michael Caine, takes an interest, that was, that was my line, not Wikipedia. Yeah, it's better than that. It was, actually made me kind of chuckle. <laughs> takes an interest in Ellen when he flies them back. Wanting to take her mind off her recent losses and finding herself attracted, she begins spending time with him. Michael introduces his mother to his colleague Jake and his wife, and they spend Christmas and New Year's together. A few days later, Michael, Jake, and their crew encounter the shark, which followed the family from Amity. (laughs) Jake is eager to research it because great white sharks have never been seen in the Bahamas due to the warm water. Michael asks him not to mention the shark to his family. During the day, Ellen can keep her mind off the shark, but at night she has nightmares of being attacked by it. She is also able to feel when the shark is about to attack one of her loved ones, which we will talk about. Jake decides to attach a device to the shark that can track it through its heartbeat. Using chum to attract it, Jake stabs the device's tracking pole into the shark's side. The next day, the shark chases Michael through a sunken ship. Oh my god. And he narrowly escapes. 
Ian's just like nodding and staring off yeah, into the distance. I can't even distance. open the floodgates. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm just going to derail the whole summary. Right. Thea goes on an inflatable banana boat with her friend Margaret and her mother. While Carla presents her new art sculpture, the shark attacks the back of the boat, killing a passenger. After Thea is safe, Ellen boards Jake's boat to track down the shark, intending to kill it and save her family. After hearing about what happened, Michael confesses that he knew about the shark, infuriating Carla. Michael and Jake are flown by Hoagie to search for Ellen. And <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that, we need to stop. I just see being flown by a giant sandwich. Oh God, I could go for a sandwich right now. Um, <clears throat> Thank you, Wikipedia. That was well done. Yeah. And find the shark in pursuit of their boat. During the search, Hoagie explains to Michael about Ellen's belief that the shark that killed Sean is hunting her family. When they find her, Hoagie lands the plane on the water, ordering Michael and Jake to swim to the boat as the shark drags the plane and Hoagie underwater. Hoagie escapes from the shark. <laughs> And Jake and Michael hastily put together a device that emits electrical impulses. As Jake moves to the front of the boat, the shark lunges, giving it the chance to pull Jake under and maul him. Jake manages to get the device into the shark's mouth before he's taken underwater. Michael begins blasting the shark with the impulses, which drive it mad. It repeatedly jumps out of the water, roaring in pain. Michael continues blasting the shark with the impulses, causing it to leap out of the water again. Ellen steers a sailboat back toward the shark while thinking back to the shark attack on Thea, Sean's death, and Mark defeating the first shark, despite not having witnessed the latter two. That's in parentheses, which was our exact problem, among many. The broken bowsprit impales the shark. In the original version of the film that was screened in the U.S., the shark simply bleeds out and dies after being impaled, which is what I saw when I was a kid. In the revised edition ending to the international theater and DVD versions, the impaling somehow causes the shark to explode, which I had never seen before, but was this version. So we'll talk about that too. In this explosion, the shark's corpse sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Michael hears Jake calling for help, seriously injured but alive. In parentheses here, it says Jake dies in the original cut, and I do have something to say about that as well. The four safely make it back to land. Hoagie then flies Ellen back to Amity Island. The end. Ian's face. <laughs> right now. <laughs> I mean, that was that was accurate, right? I have nothing to take issue with in the Wikipedia, really. Yeah. It's the movie I have some things <laughs> I want to talk about. Where do I even begin? I mean, first of all, my first reaction to this movie, maybe 15 minutes removed from it, is, well, that happened. Sam, what do you remember from this film while I put some thoughts together? I remember watching it as a kid, because I was a kid. I, had, I couldn't have been more than like 15 the last time I saw it. And I remember, like, it wasn't a good movie, but I remember it being like fun to watch. Um, watching it now as an older person and understanding it a bit better and having a more discerning eye. <laughs> Aside from the actors and the names, this doesn't, this is not a Jaws movie. I think I said to you in the New Year's scene, are, are we going to get a shark movie at all? Yeah. yeah. We, we eventually do. Um, I want to start off on a positive note. 
Michael Caine is delightful in this movie. Oh, yes. Michael Caine is hoagie. First of all, this was a paycheck. He has never watched this movie. I've, I read a lot of trivia. Ooh. He's never actually watched this movie. He says, I heard it was terrible, but the house that it built is beautiful. Because <laughs> he had he had a rash of movies in the late 80s, early 90s that he just did for a paycheck. Between him, Nicholas George Cage, Kennedy, a lot you know? of people like, hey, make that money. No fault there. Right. I would take the paycheck to be in that movie. His character is by far the best, not just acting, but just the best because he's comedic relief, obviously. He's constantly telling these wacky stories. He reminds me of my uncle where he'll just go, he'll just be like, oh, this one time when I was in Malaysia, <laughs> yes, I had I was eating monkey brains. And then he'll just go on this, he'll just Remember start talking about the time I flew 100 nuns to Nairobi, which is an actual line to so, end the movie. So a, a funny thing that happens in this movie that I like is that anytime you're you see a scene with him for the most part, he's either finishing a story or <laughs> beginning a story. And so you're getting like, this is who he is as a character. And it's very funny. I told you as it was happening, he reminds me in this film of his exact character from my favorite movie of all time, Noises Off, mm -hmm. in which he is the delightful, losing his mind as everything's happening director. He's just such a good actor. His delivery, his pacing, the way he talks, I want him to narrate my internal dialogue daily. It's just he, if you remove him from this movie, I can't watch this movie. Yeah. He's, he kind of is the glue. So his character is like living in the Bahamas. Cause the, the very beginning of the movie, like the Wikipedia said, takes place in Amity, the fictional new England town. Mm -hmm. And then most of the movie is in the Bahamas. And so He's he's the guy who flies people around. And so there's a whole cut out um, plot line that was filmed where he's a drug smuggler. <laughs> and they they allude to it briefly in a couple scenes. But I really wish they left that in because it would have been so funny. I don't because no? this movie's too long as it is. Oh, that's true. Yes. I just wanted to see more of him. He was in the movie plenty, which yeah. is good. You really I, there's stuff I would have cut scenes from this oh, movie. God. So I want to ask you about um, 90s action star Mario Van Peebles, who plays Jake in this movie. I genuinely didn't realize it was him <laughs> He had in that wig for a minute and that he, accent. He had the worst wig. And then he had, it's like this little like dreadlock wig. Um, it's like, I can't describe it, but it, it seemed like he was making fun of it a lot too. It did, which, and he had thank God. he had such a fake accent. I I don't know what accent he was going for. Obviously, like Bahamian of some kind, but it was bad. bad. Um, one of the things I read is that he wrote his entire character. Like he wrote the dialogue and everything for his character because the movie was made on the fly like okay, thank you from conception to to post-production nine months that explains a lot yeah have you ever heard of a movie having a character written by the actor on the fly i mean sure but but this is like sort of a big budget movie yeah, and right, so a movie that has comes from a franchise like this just seems insane that they didn't even have a script well so they they had a script it God. just was like messy. So like I said, I read a bunch of trivia. Mm -hmm. And this leads to my favorite piece of trivia that you're going to lose your mind about. God. That maybe you love. I don't know. It's kind of up your alley. So Ellen, the grandmother, uh, mm -hmm. Sheriff Brody's wife, 
<laughs> Hold on, I'm laughing. I can't even say it. So first of all, I need to say she's beautiful for like an older lady. Um, at this time, she mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how far apart the movies were, but she I don't know. I don't think I could really see her without those shoulder pads. It really kind well, of Well, I'm just gonna say that. The eighties <laughs> clothes in this movie, Ellen was a shoulder pad monster she had shoulder pads under shoulder pads yeah. we found out yeah. towards the end it was ridiculous she had like a plain white t-shirt with shoulder pads in it i mean go big or go home right it was the 80s so ellen gets these feelings when the shark is attacking people Jesus at one point Christ. she's playing with her granddaughter in the sand and she's backing up digging a trench to a, a castle and accidentally steps into the water because at this point she's very traumatized by the water which I would be too. It's fine. Yeah, it's been like yeah. three days yeah. since her son was killed by a shark. Murdered by a shark. Is that what you well, were about to say? Mind. I almost <laughs> said murdered by a shark. Um, so she accidentally like backs into the water and she stops and she like freezes. And then she turns around really fast and stares out into the like water. the surprise hamster. <laughs> and she, and you hear like this ominous music and she's, excuse me. And she's staring off like something's coming, like that kind of look. Oh my God. We, I'm, I rewind, I rewound it because we had to watch it again because it was just so funny. And so, this happens multiple times. She gets like, she's not even there when the shark attacks Michael in the underground submarine, which we'll get to. And she is at some sort of like festival with Hoagie, and she's like. <gasps> <sighs> So she like knows that the shark is coming. And so she, the whole time is like, the shark is coming for us. So there was a subplot that was cut um, where it was a voodoo curse on the Brody family. And the shark was, wait, was under the spell of a voodoo person. Because that's how it works. Question. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Was it a voodoo curse on the family that the shark was hunting them? Yes. Or I thought you were saying it was a voodoo curse, which is why she suddenly had these magical connections. No, no it's a voodoo curse okay. on the family to make the shark hunt them. So I, feel- I don't know. I don't know the, the origin of the curse, but I know that was a plot line. So, I mean, credit to whoever thought to cut that because that's just a disaster. <laughs> Unfortunately, the whole film falls apart when you cut the underlying causation for why the shark is able to hunt you across the Atlantic um, Ocean. Down into waters where it can't survive. Yeah. So I was going to say for a minute, <laughs> from a science perspective, this is a disaster. Um, and that's all I'll say for that. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. we really need to go beyond that. What I really need to know is, Ellen's been in this mo- movie... And the other movies, when did her mystical powers arise and where did they come from? Listen, the curse didn't start until this movie, so they're brand new. So she's just getting used to them. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's like a, the preteen of these powers. They're just um, arising. She's adjusting. She feels right. a little awkward when she steps in the water. Right. Okay. So there God was- God damn it. This apparently, <laughs> there was a scene with a little girl. Um, Thea who was under the voodoo spell and, and started to like walk out into the water toward the shark. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, but I would have been okay with that kind of silliness. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe yeah. it's right up your alley. It sounds like an okay. asylum movie, which we're fine with. Yeah, no, I, all right. You need to lean heavy into like, can you Google right now if there's, if voodoo shark is a thing there, it, uh, trust me, it is. Um, 
I don't even have to Google that. I'm not even, I've never even seen it, but I know it is. Yeah. All right. What I was going to say is credit for them cutting that uh, plot line, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to be a serious movie. If you're trying to be a serious movie, you can't have that plot line. But if you're going to end up with this anyways, and you don't go for it, go all in. Right. Go I think, all in. I think at some point they realized that they were working with trash. And I think so it was they when just... Mario Van Peebles put on the wig for the first time. Yeah. So before we talk about, you know, the elephant in the room this entire movie, I just want to say, what the fuck was up with that statue she was making? Oh, so Michael's wife was an artist and she made a really ugly statue that was like commemorating the Bahamas or something. And yeah. I would have been offended if... Th- if it was commemorating me. Um, but I know at one point the way that it was designed, they were like shooting through. It was supposed to kind of okay. resemble a shark mouth. Thank you. You saw that moment with Ellen too. It was, it was very obvious, but yeah. then it just, otherwise it was just really but dumb. The problem was it really didn't look like a shark mouth no, at all. No, at all. And then they painted it red. So it just was like, oh, come on. It was so bad. Um, I know it's a random little detail, but it yeah. was so bad, and it was constantly referred to in the movie, and they constantly, kept going, constantly referred to in the movie, and mm-hmm. they kept going back to it. And I was like, "This is the worst statue I've ever seen." Well, what it, is going on? It wasn't necessary. It was only necessary to set up. I would cut that whole. You could have. You could have had the little kid get onto the banana boat with without that whole thing happening. They could have just been at a ceremony or right. at a thing or at the beach. Yeah. So that is a whole plot line would have cut out to save time. One of the things about Jaws movies is the body count and the deaths. They're fun, right? Yeah. There's a bunch of them. Even I mean even if there's not a ton, there's there's enough of them to to satiate us and they're usually fun or there's suspense and, and there's tension. Right, and you don't see a ton of the shark, which is the whole point. Um because it was hard to do that back then. Well, and and also it cr- it's created a whole like what you don't see is more terrifying. Right. It fits in with the ocean because right. there's so much. You unseen. don't see it until the end, yes. really. You just see parts of it. I know as the the franchise went on, it got it did that less and less. However, this movie, right from the get go, you see the full on shark, and it is not pretty. So before we get to the shark, the only death I thought was even somewhat okay was the banana boat girl getting killed. Yes, so that was kind of good when they when they drove away from it because it was far away from the shark. When it was one of two. Right? Sean at the beginning and then the banana boat lady. Banana boat lady. And then and then Jake died, but okay, he didn't Jake die. Jake was dead. Jake was dead. Well, he was in the original cut and they didn't have enough money right. to go back and Before refilm it. Before we talk about the shark, since we're on this. All right. At the very end, <laughs> Jake is on the the bow out on the little like pier at the front of the boat shoving a strobe light into it. For, because science says we're going right. to use two strobe lights and it's going to – yeah. Okay. And – He's like, where's the shark? Obviously, it's going to come and bite him. It engulfs him, oh bites him in half practically. He is being he's, chewed and dragged under yeah, by the shark. Yeah, he's bleeding everywhere. Dunzo. He, he's decimated. He's being eaten worse than the girl on the banana boat who was killed. Yeah. There's no way. And I look at Sam like, I bet you this movie is going to bring him back as a joke because yeah. he was so dead. No, you said you said magic, magic, not death or something like yeah. that. You made some kind of comment. And I no way you bring, turned you bring away back. from you to hide my face because I was like, oh, God, he's he was right. Samuel L. Jackson in Deep Blue Sea level <laughs> yeah. dead. Yes. And of course, he comes back totally fine. Well, he, he was bleeding a bit. He, he was, was lightly munched. Yeah. He was he was just like chomped, a little chomped. <sighs> Like a little little that. nibble, so, a little nibble. So, so what had happened was they released the movie with him dying. Yeah, and it 
went over very poorly with audiences from what I was reading. So they just went back in and recut the whole thing. And they had that that little extra shot of him being oh, alive. Oh, they shot it in the film tank at the end because they had yeah, to get oh, them all back for reshoots? so bad. Yeah. Oh. Um, so they just shot that or, little piece and tacked it on and didn't bother cutting out the shark munching him as it was diving deeper into the water. Like, you could have cut a lot of that out and and yeah, just made like, it not seem... Yeah, have it grab him right. and then don't show it munching him in the water. Yeah, right. like you just said. Um, so that. And then... Um, I want to say, so at the end, one of my favorite parts of this movie as a kid that mm. I remember is at the end, the shark jumps up, and I'm making this movement for Ian, shark jumps up, and it gets impaled mm-hmm. on that um, mast. Mast. For, it's not the mast. It's a bowsprit or something. I don't know what it's called. I'm not a boat person. It's the, the front pointy, The pointy the front stick spike. that sticks out of the front of a yachty sailboat. Not a yacht, sailboat. (laughs) See? Not a boat person. So it jumps and it gets impaled, right? In this version, it exploded. That was absolutely out. Was hilarious and ridiculous. Um, In the version that I grew up watching, which was apparently the original version, Mm -hmm. which I don't know why they changed, it comes out of the water like fucking Godzilla, like 50 feet tall, gets impaled. It breaks off the bow thing and then it just like sinks into the water and you just watch Act it it's, it's it's sinking and the blood is billowing and you have it like impaled and it's just hysterical looking it's one of the funniest I scenes absolutely loved that. in my head i remember being like as a kid being like this is so hysterical and ridiculous and i love it right no. It ruined the end of the movie for me. It ruined the whole movie for me because I was waiting for that moment. It made no sense that the shark exploded. Why did it explode? Okay, can we talk about actually before we get to the shark because you just made me think about it. The flashbacks because they're like <laughs> as it's jumping and this is happening. Ellen's staring at the shark and throughout the movie she's had these brown. I'm going to call them brown and white flashbacks because they're like this. They're sepia tone. Sepia tone flashbacks and in this moment it's it's Martin Brody on the boat aiming to shoot the tank in the first job. Saying, smile, you son of a and bitch. And literally yeah. used the line. And he explodes as the boat hits. It's like he shot it. His magical uh, spirit, maybe? I don't know. The, the, the voodoo power. Martin saved the day. Sure. Just exploded the shark? I don't know. I it, don't know. It was... Listen, the impalement was ridiculous, okay? Ridiculous. Yeah. But in the grand scheme, it made sense. No. The, right? <laughs> sure. The explosion... No sense. N- none at all. Please Nothing send about us that made your sense. best ideas on why that shark exploded. Yeah, please. Do I like this podcast at <laughs> gmail.com. All right, the shark. We got to The talk. shark. Um, First of all, this shark. Straight up stolen from Universal Studios, like, lot. <laughs> oh, the, the the ride. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it also, well, it's. It like comes out of the water, like thirty feet out of the water, and it's still only like halfway out of the water. So this shark is, it's like it's massive, cr- and it, it always comes up like it's flexing. Yeah, like well, it's because it's, its core. It really I'm sure it's elevates. just on hydraulics, like <laughs> like just lifting out of the water. Like if you imagine a cannon just raising out of the water and then moving forward, that is how it kind of moves. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous. This was one of the worst big studio film creature effects i've ever seen it looked like paper mache it really did it looked messy <laughs> but it looked great and the, there's the one underwater oh my scene God. so 
talk about the first time Jake sees it where oh it yeah you're up. Right. okay so the first <laughs> the time Jake sees it Jake's underwater driving the submersible like we get a cut and also we cut back and it's side by side like just kind of saying hey and Jake's it's, like Whoa, look and Shark's like I'm here it's yeah. just looking like yeah. with its little eye well big eye just kind of looking at him side eyeing him like, like hey, oh you ain't a Brody not interested I see you yeah it was really Later. funny oh my god hysterical shot yeah so the first time Michael see, sees it, it rams him in the same submersible. He escapes while it's mangling it up. He swims, you know, a little kick feet really fast. Into he swims the- to a very conveniently sunken ship. Yeah. Nearby. And so we have like <laughs> what was probably supposed to be suspense and tension. This like they're both going through the ship. <laughs> it's, a, it's a chase scene <laughs> in an underwater ship or something. And, so and the shark... Michael. The shark is chasing him down a hallway. Right. So we see Michael like going through like these, you know, decrepit shipwreck hallway. And then all of a sudden, and Sam goes, oh my God, we see the shark sneaking through the hall, this oh, giant shark. And Sam's so dying. I love it. I loved this. This was one of my favorite parts of the movie. It was very daintily making its way through this sunken it's ship. size changes too throughout oh, the God. movie. I hilariously wish this was more of what the movie was mm-hmm. because this chase scene was hilarious. If they leaned more into the absurdity, yeah. I think this movie would have been more of a cult status as opposed to it being, it's like a troll two type situation where, well, no, it's not really troll two, but it's one of those situations where it's very well known for being horrible. It needed to go evil dead two. Or Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where... It needed to go Army of Darkness. Like, that level of, okay. The franchise started out trying to be a little bit more serious in horror. Mm-hmm. We've gotten a few in. Let's go. Let's be... All right. What else can we... Let's be funny. Right. Like, listen. Let's go. We've done the serious shark movies. I let's, personally let's feel like if they left in the silly voodoo thing, because whatever, yeah. they left in the whole thing where Ellen the whole time is like, the shark is coming for us. Like, if you would have leaned into that, it's dumb and it's ridiculous, but I guarantee you to this day, there would be people doing like watch parties and conventions okay. and what people would be all into that stupid, ridiculous shit. But my concern is after seeing how they portrayed Mario Van Peebles as a, a local uh, Caribbean, um, I'm horrified at how racist their voodoo would have been oh i mean listen i don't trust this film to have done that in a way that wasn't really badly aged this is not excusing it but it was the 80s and we know that it was notoriously so i don't know tone deaf for lack of a better word probably the right decision on all fronts oh i'm listen cutting it was a good idea i'm just saying what could have been will haunt my dreams because i never knew that until i had read the trivia and i was like are you fucking kidding me okay so i'm gonna ask sam this but listeners i also want you to send us your answer to this question who voodoo curses the brodies and why Ooh, hmm. i'm gonna say quince family interesting i'm gonna say the mayor of Am- amnesty amity the mayor of amity because he's still fucking pissed to shut down the beach oh that's it that's even better he loses re-election because of yeah. it and he blames it all on brody so he gets in a really dark place, gets in some really bad things, some really bad friends. He finds the only voodoo practitioner in New England. And that's how we get Jazz 4. <laughs> that's what I'm going with. I like that. 
so the mayor was actually supposed to be in this movie, but he wound up passing away right before they filmed it. So he wasn't in it. And um, his body saved him from this movie. Um, Martin Brody, whose name off the top of my head, I can't remember, which is a travesty, but I can't. No, Schneider. Schneider. Roy Schneider. Schneider. Um, He. I almost said Rob Schneider. I'm like, nope. Roy Schneider. He was asked to be in this movie, and he was like, fuck, no, there's nothing you could do to make me be in this movie. Like, Satan couldn't compel me. I already have the money. <laughs> I don't need yeah, it. He's also, he was not interested in anything after Jaws 2. I think he just was like, He didn't even want to be in Jaws 2. Right. I remember reading about that. But he signed so. a contract, so he phoned that in. Well, the funny thing in this movie is toward the beginning when Sean, before he gets killed, he he's a deputy. Oh he goes into his the the police office or whatever. Like, hey, you got anything for me? Okay, I'm gonna go home before he gets called out. And there's a massive, humongous picture of Roy Schneider on the wall, so good. like immortalized on the wall. Like you know, uh, hand in or chin in the hand, like yeah. posing for the camera in his police uniform. Oh God, so funny. Because Ian was like, whoa, because yeah. it was right it in your face. You, it knocked you off your chair. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there was anything else because there was so much happening and it was so bizarre. Yeah. And I laughed a lot. And I'm sure it was I was jealous to. that the little girl had that amazing rope swing on the back of her house, like over the oh, ocean. Oh, the dock. Yeah. That what was, a cool that was fun. house. I am terrified of open water. I, I have mm-hmm. been since I was a kid. I'm fine with like lakes and ponds and mm-hmm. streams or whatever i get like a little bit nervous when i can't touch the bottom but it's really okay but like the ocean i can't go in past my knees i get like panicky um i as i was watching this movie i was like oh shit i wonder if this movie is what caused it because there's so much like scuba diving and open water shark things <laughs> well every time someone's open in open water a shark comes and hits them yeah and and i fucking scuba diving the thought of it it makes me want to throw up it terrifies me I'm just like, never, ever. I will never do that. Never. Versus I want to go swim with sharks at some point. Right. Yeah. There's so much in this movie. I mean, they bang at one point in a metal shop with a door open with, with all sorts fire of pointy and pointy things. objects. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, there's just a just, lot they, going I mean, on. it's uh, the... Michael and his wife. His wife. Um, I kept getting confused between the character Michael and Michael Caine, because I just kept calling him <laughs> Michael Caine, because Hoagie's not an actual name. It's a sandwich. Oh, I want a sandwich so I know, I do too. Um, <laughs> do I like this? Sort of. I didn't love it. I, I didn't hate it. I mean, it's sharks and... Michael Caine. So that really kind of put it into like, I could tolerate it category. It is way too long, though. Was it better than Jaws 3? Not in my mind. Wow. That's saying something. I thought Jaws 3 was hilarious. So there's way more deaths. There was way better. Yeah, that's true. Like the chaos, the um the water shorter. skiers and the tr- the pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's way better um, underwater gate moments yes. in the third one. Oh it didn't have Michael Caine. That would if Michael Caine was in the third one, that movie is a solid film. I think so. For me, there's the nostalgia attached mm-hmm. to it, and so I'm trying to let that go because it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. But that doesn't, doesn't mean you don't, don't like it. Um, I think I like. But I, I think I like how ridiculous it is mm-hmm. and how stupid it is and how terrible the story is. And I like 
remembering because my brother and I used to watch it a lot yeah. like, late at night or like, you know, Saturday afternoon or whatever. Uh, and my mom hated it because my mom is a big scary cat and hates all that stuff. And so I think that part of me is like holding on to that like enjoyment mm-hmm. that I had as a, as a very young person. But I, oh God, it's not good. Like, I feel like people should watch it because it's a part of the Jaws franchise. So right? I was just thinking that in my head too. I'm like, would I recommend people go see this? Maybe. Well, I think it's important. Listen. Oh, I don't think it's important. <laughs> Even as the Jaws franchise. That's important is the wrong word. I was going to say, I think it's important as a whole, if you enjoy a franchise, just watch everything in it, even if it's garbage, like um, Jason X, which is glorious garbage, but it's it's Jason a, X is better than so movie. many of those films. So. Uh, it's it's better than a, at I least, would say at least like a Jason couple. Goes to Hell is a good example of oh, like it's a real bad watch one. it because it's yeah. in the franchise, but yeah. that's on par. This is a Jason's Go to Hell's. Of yeah, Jaws. yeah, yes, it, it is absolutely. absolutely. It's, the setting's wrong because it's outrageous. There's mystical With, stuff like happening. the Satan worm and stuff. Yeah. 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 You know what? I take back what I said about Jason X because I just remembered a few of the kills and they're really funny. Really good. Uh, it, they're up there with, with part We're eight. We're actually going to do that later this year, so yeah. don't worry. They're up there with part eight, which is one of my favorites. I guess I would say see this film because Michael Caine is adorable. The shark is so bad, you have oh, to God. see it. It's just really shitty, but it's also like we laughed a lot. Yeah, just know that it's slow. Well, and yeah, go into it knowing it's not very good. The pace, the pacing is mm-hmm. hard. You're watching a comedy, not a horror movie. It's, it's not a comedy. It's a drama. They they okay. filmed it as a drama. You can you can tell they weren't trying to be funny. They were taking it very seriously. Oh, but as a viewer, it's a comedy. Oh, absolutely. So you get like a good half hour of them being really sad about uh, Sean's death. Of Ellen just staring out at over the water at places. Right. Ellen staring at the sea having uh visions of the shark there is an amazing line in this movie that i remember off the top of my head having just seen it still they're sitting around a christmas tree and mario van peebles gives michael this ridiculous shirt and in front of his mother and young child goes it's this wild like johnny bahama shirt and he goes may your love life be as wild as your shirt no he said may your sex life oh, yeah. be as wild may as your, your sex shirt. life be as wild as your shirt and i was like Damn, well, MVP, you and then, savage. Then later on, his wife and mother are talking, Michael's wife and mother are talking, mm-hmm. and they're talking about, and the wife oh, yeah. is like talking about her sex life to the mother, which, I mean, I know people do that. I wouldn't do it with, with your mother, and you wouldn't do no. it with my mother, I'm sure. Nope. Um, but that's just the nature of our relationships. But the little girl is like standing right there too. And I'm like, this family's very open. And so they, that just cause you mentioned, they frame that scene. Like they're having this conversation in her metal shop mm-hmm. with open door as though she was like waiting patiently. They didn't know she was there. She's right in front of their line of vision. There's yeah. no, this, yeah. this child is, is neglected. Let's be serious. <laughs> she's allowed to just like flit off. She's uh, supposed to be five. Babe. The 80s. I know, but she's allowed to just go off wherever. Yeah, the 80s. They stick her on a banana boat with some strangers. I mean, all these things still line up with some the phrase, kid named the Margaret. 80s. Yeah. Send her off into the ocean. What the fuck? No. You're, sorry. You deserve to have her almost get eaten by a shark to try and scare you into parenting. Oh, and so after that, just to wrap up, she's in the house later. <laughs> the dad comes home and the girl's like bleached white. And the mom goes, Oh, yeah, she's in shock. And they just let her go home in this child in shock. Oh, she, looks at me yeah. like, Shouldn't she be at a hospital? Yeah. 
Yeah, the, they're like the doctor said she's in shock, and I'm like, aren't they supposed to be monitoring her vitals? That signs? can be a very serious <laughs> condition when it wears off. So I actually have a bit of trivia about the kid, and it's really depressing. Oh, but I'm going to tell you about it. Hit me with it, because you we, know, at night means yeah, I need to know. It. We're both true crime fanatics. No, and so I, I like went on a deep dive, and it's really sad. So her name, I'm going to say her name because she needs her name to be said. Yeah. So Judith Barcy. She was, uh, I don't know how old she was at this point. She was like eight or so when she was in this part. But when she was 10, oh, this is terrible. Uh, so if you trigger warning here, her father murdered her and her mother and then no. died by suicide. Yeah. Because he was jealous or something. They were leaving. Like, it, I, it, oh, it's a really interesting and really horrible and really sad, like, domestic oh. violence abuse situation. And they were like going to leave, but then the mom hesitated because they were um, immigrants from another country and she was afraid of like losing everything that she had. And so she hesitated. And it's obviously it's not her fault at all. Like you shouldn't fucking kill people. It's just the horrible. Um, And so the father took advantage of that and fucking murdered them and then killed himself. Yeah. So obviously there's something bigger going on there with him. But at the end of the day, Horrible, tragic, awful, really sad. Oh. Um, so when I was watching the movie, all I could think of was like, oh, baby. Sweet baby angel. So yeah. So that's um, a nice little like <laughs> to the end of well, our been listening to Do I Want to Listen to This, the podcast. Uh, no. Um, that... But if, if you are like a true crime person who's into true crime, you can like read about it it's it's Judith really Barcy it's again, really awful name. um you know murderinos out there that we love horrible awful sad shit and so i i definitely fell down a rabbit hole there but yeah there's that on top of this whole movie well <laughs> jaws four the no, revenge it's jaws the revenge there's no four jaws the revenge the fourth movie in the franchise <laughs> uh hopefully the last please I mean, I feel like they better not it's reboot gotta it. Come back at some point, but at the same time, there have been so many shark movies mm-hmm. that have come out that it's kind of lost that luster that it had in its uniqueness. So, if you're out there, don't make another Jaws. Don't remake Jaws. Oh, fuck or you! We don't will come find Jaws. you. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. There are a whole bunch of people who will come set you on fire if you, re- you yeah, remake Jaws. Don't remake Jaws. <laughs> But do listen to us as we continue Wildlife Appreciation Month yes. next week. Yes. Uh, so next week we have uh, something more along the lines of uh, ridiculous. Oh, yes. Ridiculous. Oh, yes. Uh, we have another special guest, our favorite special guest. Try to guess who it might be. Greatest, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Greatest, greatest beard ever. And then the whole month is packed with ridiculousness. I've got some good ones I'm really excited yeah. about. Yeah. So do I like this podcast at gmail.com is our email and do I like this podcast.com is our website. Please, if you're, we're going to start putting it in the details. So in the episode notes, you can find all of our social media contacts. Mm-hmm. So uh, follow, interact, whatever. We're very interactive on those. Typically the last week we really haven't been, but we are starting to get back into it now. Uh, make sure that you follow, subscribe, rate, review, et cetera, on whatever your listening platform is. And even if you're not on Apple, if you can go on Apple and do that, that platform (laughs) really is driven by that. So we appreciate all the people who have done it so far. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for doing it in advance. So thank you so much for listening this week. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.